Hello and welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and this week our host Don Cooper is joined by Lee Benson for his second of three episodes with us. Lee is the founder and CEO of Execute to Win, a company that greatly prides itself on assisting businesses with improving their results in areas that truly matter with simple and sustainable changes to how teams approach work. And in this episode, Don and Lee will be discussing what role coaching and relationships in business play when it comes to increasing the size and potential profits for an organization. It is a fantastic conversation, so make sure you subscribe and check out our other two episodes with Lee. But with all of that said, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. Now, I don't know who, um, who, who, who I heard this from first. Uh, I think it's three or four different sources. But from a coaching standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, people don't believe and care about what they hear, but they buy into what they say. And so from a motivation standpoint, and from a, mm-hmm. from a goal setting standpoint, from a getting things done standpoint, that's most important. You've got to involve your team and get them bought in, not, not just in agreeing, but in actually being part of that process, whether that's the culture or the rocks the goals, because if, if they're contributing to it, there's something happens psychologically with us all that when we say it, we have a higher level of commitment that, you know, gives us some higher level of consistency and performance. So, so again, it's all about, um, as an organization, we, by design should be shooting to create value. So how much do we create? How do we accelerate that? Where does it, where does it go? What what is an operating system or methodology that's going to work for any and all teams out there, not just for manufacturing? You know, we have we have lots of clients. We get lots of converts from uh, um, EOS, OKRs, uh, 40x scaling up, all of that stuff that are coming onto what we're doing, and they're all saying the same thing: Hey, our teams are sinking their teeth into that, and it's and it's growing legs on its own, and it it's not a Herculean effort to keep it going. They're having fun. It's working. They feel successful because they are. Um, going through and we have we have restaurants in here we've got one local company with uh, 23 restaurants 1400 employees and out of um, in this particular franchise 14,000 restaurants in the U.S. alone they beat everybody last year uh, by 11 percent and they just took another giant jump up in their performance and we started with them in February of last year so in in basically in one year they they crushed it uh, this they've done this. They've done j- this during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. All the all the drive-throughs though uh, did really well, but they did better than than all the rest. Right. This manufacturing example I was just talking about. We started with them in April last year with a methodology. The for three years straight, they did about two point four million dollars in profitability, kind of stuck in in this ten million dollar range, which is pretty profitable. That's good. Uh, we started in April last year. We finished last year at six million dollars in profitability. We're already going through a million dollars a month in profitability, and we're planning to double that here in the next uh, eighteen to twenty-four months. And we're just hitting it. And it's it's not our it's not these amazing ideas. Hey, come in and go change this. It's changing the way they do the work and how they think about it. And whenever we go in and work with a client, um, there's two, two hats that we wear. We're a leadership performance coach installing a methodology so they can accelerate value creation. But we're, all, we're also an equal brain in the room with each team as we're developing them to basically create that value. So you, you kind of get both. 
but there's that. We, we have financial services companies, um, some advisor firms, some as small as $100 million in assets under management, um, others uh, north of $10 billion in AUM, all of them significantly accelerating results because of this operating methodology. And many of them, um, which is perfect for us, we're doing something intentionally with an operating system. So they were completely primed and ready for this, uh, whether it's EOS, homegrown, there, there's probably literally uh, what, uh, five or 10,000 operating systems out there that consultants have individually developed. And, yeah. you know, re regardless of what it is, homegrown or otherwise, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of intentional efforts to accelerate how an organization creates value. And if it's working well for you, fantastic and you should always be on the lookout for a better way because as a leader i think that's our job there's always a better way than we can think of today and it's our job to find it you know as leaders you know when you when you develop that you know most important number and that set of numbers that so everyone on your team is bought in how do you uh how do you and and i you you have a great methodology about meetings how do you operationalize the trans transparency and the collaboration around those numbers on a, you know, on a regular cadence. Yeah, uh, with the, so operationalize and transparency, so you're basically installing this foundational piece of the mind methodology, which once you do that, it makes everything else easier. Leadership development, strategy, culture, compensation, everything gets easier when you have it. If you try to do those other things without it, it's wildly hard or complicated to do, and it almost always falls apart. But the foundation that you're installing, it's, it's how we meet, and it's gonna be different a little bit for the senior leadership team as you, and all the way down to the front line as you cascade through and what they do. Um, where they focus their time, I try to simply uh, divide it up into eating and dreaming. So eating is getting great results today with what we have to work with. Dreaming is doing things today to get an even better result tomorrow. And eating and dreaming at the same time is the best definition of leadership that I've ever heard. I just absolutely love it. That's what leaders uh, you know, should be doing. At the senior level, on average, when everything is rocking and rolling and they're much more proactive than they are reactive, they're probably going to be in that 80% plus dreaming uh, work, doing making decisions today to get better results in the future. And as you start going closer to the front line, they're going to be more 80% plus in that eating, but they all have to spend some amount of time dreaming. So how they meet their most important number, the measures you were talking about, those leading indicators that are driving that most important number, what are the critical ones, you know, not ones to make them look good, but ones that really matter. And then what is the work they can do and get full alignment and agreement on the work they're going to do of all the things they could do to improve their most important number. So that's, that's the foundation, super easy with playbooks to drive that out. You know, the one example of the restaurants with 1400 employees in less than a year, we had it all the way to the front line. Um, const uh, construction company based in California, they're in I think five states, uh, about 500 employees in less than a year, all the way out to the front line um, with that. And, and then the tools to make it easy on the transparency side, because I always like to encourage cross-functional collaboration. Once everybody has a men, hey, how can I help you improve your men? I can see where you can help me improve mine um, uh, with our tools. Whether and with the largest company that, uh, that's deployed our methodology has 40,000 employees as sort of an outlier, but within seconds, I can see what a team is doing, their number, are they on track, off track, their leading indicators, their drivers, their action items, what they're talking about in meetings, 
um, I can, I can within 15 minutes in seconds, I can, I can find it. And within 15 minutes, I can review all of it and I can jump in and hit the ground running. It allows, it allows folks like us that are, that are, uh, or any leader really, that if we're leading an organization, a functional group, um, it's not our direct team. Um, within minutes, we're ready to be a super coach. We're not spending all the time getting the lay of the land. And we know, we know whether or not they're doing meaningful work to move the needle. And you can tell, I mean, we can just tell. It's like you're checking boxes over here or wow, you're two steps ahead of where I thought you would be. And we're water skiing behind them, not kicking to get them out of bed in the morning. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, there's, there's two things that I've seen with OKRs, with 40X, with EOS that, you know, I think there's some level of, uh, as you, as, as your team and your leaders and managers grow in maturity in this, you know, you'll have different levels in the organization where the numbers are, are clear and they are driving an ROI or they're box checking. Um, and, you know, you know, how do you deal with that? And the, the follow-up question to that is, what happens when you are clear on the numbers and someone is regularly not performing and they are, you know, always explaining it, but never changing it? You had some great insights around how you, how, how, how you evaluate uh, fit in, in the organization. You know, a, a long time ago, when I first adopted something, you know, the early stages of this, um, our ABLE operating system at the aerospace companies, there were three of them we combined into one when we sold it. Um, you know, we, we were letting people go from time to time. Hey, they weren't, they weren't cutting it. And we always preserve their dignity on the way out. And thank you for trying. Um, and, and I always wondered, are we being really clear about what's expected? And do they really know where they stand? And so we're the, the early stages here, um, engineering manager came to me, I need to let somebody go and he's not cutting it. Okay, um, well, we're getting ready to roll this new system out to be a lot clearer about exactly what's expected and check in on where people stand. So there's no surprises anywhere. Um, you wanna give it a shot. Let's experiment with this individual. Uh, within 60 days, he went from low culture, low performance to a solid middle performer and stayed another couple of years before he went to work for, I think it was Honeywell after he left us. Yeah. And so we could have been a lot clearer about what's expected. I think um, it, as easy as it is for you and I to understand EOS and OKRs and scaling up and those other operating systems, um, we study it. We're, we're students of this stuff. We, we love it. Um, it breaks down quickly in terms of the, the uh, desire to understand it and apply it as you get one or two layers in. It just does. Yes, and so on, on paper, it's amazing for us. How come it doesn't work when it goes down? Because it doesn't feel very good for the employees, you know, because we're not uh, employing, you know, VJ uh, Fogg's two maxims and, and increasing motivation and making it easy for them going through. And, and, if they're setting their own goals and I'm trying to figure out one or two layers in, um, is this the right goal? I spend a lot of time getting the lay of the land. When they have a most important number that's been mapped, I know within seconds whether or not it's driving the right behaviors. And then I go look at their work. So if somebody doesn't get it, um, whenever you meet with them, are you hitting plan yes or no on the men? If you're consistently below it, one of the things that I believe in is that we should be really clear. We hired you. I'll just talk about a leader at this point. We hired you as a leader to manage this team to get this outcome. Here's your most important number. Here's where we forecasted it. 
if you fall below it to this level, this won't work. Um, we all count on that team, your team, doing what you said you would, creating this value. And if you don't, it's going to jeopardize the company. And so, you know, a little bit to a, to a lot of it, depending. So if you fall below this line, this won't work. Are you really clear about that? And so three months down the road, four months down the road, they're falling below the line. You just have the conversation. They're not surprised. Yep. You know, there's a, there's a lot of times I've let people go and, and they walk in the office and these are people that reported to me over the years before they even sat on the chair as they're, as they're sitting down, hey, going to let you go. I know this isn't a surprise. We're going to give you six months um, of severance pay and we're going to do a lot of work to help you find another position. And we just start talking about the transition and how it's going to go. But they're not they're not surprised because we came to this agreement. Now, some people may, it's not a fun thing to go through. Uh, but in my view, thank you so much for trying. And we're going to help you find a place where um, it's going to be a much better cultural fit and where your skills can really make a difference. But again, thank you for trying. Let's take care of you on the way out. And one of my policies is kind of a side note here. If you hired the employee, and, and we have to let them go, um, no matter what the conditions are with very few exceptions, you have to follow them for at least a year after they leave. You have to check in, call them a month later, hey, how's it going? Six months later, whatever. And, and you know, especially today with social media and everything else, um, we don't want a bunch of uh, folks out there saying horrible things about the company just because their feelings were hurt or whatever. We, we care about them, we hired them. Let's follow them, let's help them. And, and I remember back in the aerospace days, the, the employees that were really, really disgruntled, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, usually it was their behavior that got them uh, you know, fired. Um, I would personally follow them. And there's, there's one I can think of now, um, she went to work for American Airlines and she was beyond um, upset and not happy with, with the company. And I remember the first couple of calls, you know, I, I call her and she's yelling and, and it's like, okay, okay, I, this, I know this wasn't the right fit. How's it going over there? That's fantastic. This is 15 years ago. We still stay in touch. And within a year, she was, she was in the supply chain part of the organization actually sending us business, diverting business to us. Right. So the policy works. And, and when you don't do it, it can, um, it, it can be pretty negative. Uh, but whether it's good or bad for the business, it's the right thing to do in that relationship. The only exception where I wouldn't do it is where the person was intentionally stealing from the company or intentionally trying to sabotage. I don't want any part of that energy. And there you have it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Lee or Don and discover more of what each of them and their businesses can do for you, then you can check them out at any time by following their links in this episode's description. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on the show. It truly does help us out a lot. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. With all of that said, though, I truly do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast, and we shall see you next time.